You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Lance Lawson. I am a pastor here at Clear Creek Community Church. And with me, I have Greg Poor, who is also a pastor. How long have you been a pastor here at Clear Creek? He stumped me right off the bat. Uh, 22 years? 22 years, and uh, I'm thankful to have this conversation with you, Greg, because of your influence in my life for so many years now. Thankful. And Aaron, Aaron Chester, who is a campus elder at our 528 campus and has a real job out in the real world. Sure. I think you have a real job, too, yeah, Lance well, and Greg. Thank you. But uh, Aaron is here joining us. I'm excited to, that you're part of this conversation because... You're just excited about theology. Yeah, you're right. All the time. You're right so about that. that's very uh, true. Our conversation today. It's good to have those people. It is good. <laughs> our conversation today is uh, about Jesus Himself. So we're starting this series in the book of Second Peter, and it assumes Peter assumes that we all know and believe that Jesus is divine. Mm. So we're going to talk about uh, one of these topics that. Um, in systematic theology, where you take all these verses about something and compile them together and you come up with a doctrine or a belief. Like, yeah. we're going to do a little bit of that, but we're going to have our twist on it because the three of us aren't systematic theology guys. We're biblical theology guys. And if you don't know what that is and you're listening, you'll catch it on the way. Yeah. So, okay. Great. So let's read the first few verses of Second Peter. Uh, Greg, would you read the verses that this first sermon I will. comes out of? <laughs> get, get your eyewear ready. I will. Here we go. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may became, become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. All right. So this podcast is going to go along with the sermon that's happening at all of our campuses this week. And uh, right here in Second Peter... The fact that Jesus is God is a is central doctrine, not just of Christianity, but it shows up right here. Jesus is God. What do we mean when we say that? And the reason I ask is because I want to just point out a couple of quick facts or, or um, research studies. 44% of self-proclaimed evangelicals believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but that he wasn't God. And 73% believe that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God, according mm. to a 2022 survey. So... There's some debate in yeah. Christianity. Is Jesus God? He is God. Yes. The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the answer so, is yes. Oh, okay. this is a short podcast. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, good. And uh, have a great afternoon. Uh, yeah, he is God. And there are uh, places that, you know, we think about the scriptures as uh, the, the place where we have the written revelation of God. And so sometimes we want to just prove. Like if I can open up the Bible and find a verse where it says Jesus is God, well, then, then that's it. And that's all there is. Um, the word theos in God uh, is rarely used of Christ. It's generally that he is Lord, which is actually going back to Yahweh in the Old Testament that's translated into the Greek as Lord. So that in itself is an incredible statement. But there are a few places where it says that Jesus is theos, and this is one of them. 
Um, so it's a big deal that we have those verses, that he is God. But there's also this sort of organic way that this unfolds in time. And so it isn't just because we have all the scriptures now where we're at in history. This, this wasn't all available to us at the same time. It came through the story of creation and fall and then the story of Israel where Jesus shows up. All right, so uh, at a certain point in time. All so. right, so what I hear you saying is that for us to understand that Jesus is God, we need to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible to understand who God is and how He's interacted with humanity. And as we learn the story of God, we'll we'll see how Jesus fits into that. Yeah, yeah, how He fits in that because there's a context okay. that He arrives in that is unique uh, amongst the Jews or the, the people of Israel um, and how they viewed God. Uh, because God revealed himself to them. And so there is complexity to it, but but in the simplest statement, yes, Jesus is yeah. God. All right, so the idea that Jesus is the, quote, um, first and greatest being created by God. So 73% of evangelicals in this survey from 2022 said that they believe Jesus was created by God. And in a sense, it, I see how people could get there. I'm going to yeah. read First uh, yeah. Colossians 1. I don't know how to read it. I'll tell you what okay. it says. Because right. to me, this has always been one of my favorite texts of Scripture yeah. because it really does what Aaron's talking about. It 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 communicates Jesus in the context of the story of redemption. Yeah. In that one, you know, uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, uh, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So just that part. Yeah. It's like he made everything, and he sustains everything. Without him, it's what John says, right, in John 1. Without yeah. him, nothing that was made is made. Right. So uh, I forgot where it was in that text, but it's... Uh, and God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, things in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So mm. here's the Lord God in the person of Jesus, creator, sustainer, reconciler. All right. I, I so appreciate that you have that memorized. I do too. That is That's beautiful. Uh, that's actually my favorite passage in the whole Bible. If, I know we probably shouldn't have favorites, but man. Yeah. It, it wrenches my heart. It's okay. What, what do you say, though, about um, verse 15? He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. What does it mean that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation? I think that might be a place where people get hung up. Well, I think uh, it's important to remember, uh, and this is where we're going to highlight the biblical theology versus the systematic theology, because if you just take the words firstborn yep. and you take them out of context that they came in, which is through the Jewish story, then you can make firstborn be a, a created being, but that has to do with inheritance. Right. Uh, and so you'd have to go back and understand what firstborn meant and for them. And so it doesn't refer to him being a created being. Um, I, I, think part of, I think part of the issue, too, is that because we are 2,000 years after the, the time of Christ, more or less, and we have the complete uh, revelation of God's written word, we look back on it with a certain view. But when we say, is Jesus God? The answer is yes. But Jesus is fully God and fully man. And so when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the person to whom 
God united himself in humanity, that God bound himself to humanity in the person of Jesus. And so that in itself not adds complexity to it or doesn't minimize the divinity of Christ, right. but it, it, it adds something that the Father and the Son and the Spirit existed forever, and the Son became human at a certain point in time. Right. And that in itself, you know, because even Greg's uh, reading Colossians 1, to reconcile all things to himself and make peace, at one point there was no need to make peace right. with the creation because it was very good. So do I hear you saying that if we... If we rewind the story and we read the Old Testament and we see glimpses of God existing as, as a three-in-one being, uh, because we know Jesus is human, as we know Jesus as human, yeah. it's easy for us on this side of things to think of Jesus as always being human when we think from the, from the beginning of creation, but he yeah. wasn't always human. That's right. He, he existed... Father, Son, and Spirit, but then there came a point in time where he became human. Yeah. Right? That's right. Okay. So the Son becomes human, and that is the person of Jesus. And uh, Galatians 4.4 4 says it well, that in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son to be born of woman, born under law, and he goes on and to explain the, the grace that's revealed in that and ultimately giving the Spirit so that we can have be adopted as sons. Um, but again, it's important to think through the story, right. because we, again, we're saying, is Jesus God? Well, yeah, he is God as a man. And that, you know, uh, shapes how we talk about his divinity, which is complete. For sure. Because, but it's also complete humanity. Yeah. Um, so. I told Greg yesterday when we were talking about this podcast that the, the humanity of Jesus has been so compelling to me mm. over the last year and a half just sure. because of... Uh, what I've what I've been through, and we're not here to talk about the humanity of Jesus, but man, yeah. that he became human. We should do a podcast on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I think we, because we're trying, because people say he's not God, right? Right. And so that, and that's, and, and like you said, even people who are Christians or say they're Christians don't have clarity on who he actually is. Right. And so we want to say, well, where's that verse that says he is theos, which is the Greek word for God? And there are those places, Second Peter 1. Romans 9, 5, uh, Thomas's confession. Uh, we have John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, and then Thomas's confession on the back end of the gospel, which is, Jesus, you are my Lord and my God. He uses both the Lord, Kyrios, and Theos in one place, which kind of brings a book into to John's gospel. So we have the text that say yeah. he is God. Um, but sometimes we miss the beauty of what God has done in the person of Jesus, like you said, which is actually seen in his humanity too. Right. So, Yeah, I mean, side note, I do think that um, <clears throat> all of this is kind of, it really speaks to the need for people who are going to be followers of Jesus to, to understand and to grow in their understanding of the scriptures. Because all these, these evangelicals who have all these questions are, how can you uh how can you be so um uninformed about your mm, faith yeah. about who your savior is and say you're an evangelical well, you obviously don't understand the scriptures or you don't believe the scriptures or there's a gap there right um which is why there's all these people who say Jesus really is only human because they don't they don't yeah. they haven't received who Jesus is uh 
according to the scriptures. So then you get to, you know, the question of it's, do you believe what the scriptures say or not? Right. So. Um, uh, another compelling part for me about the, the divinity of Jesus is the name he chooses to use for himself most often is son of man. Mm. Uh, so that comes out of Daniel chapter seven, where there's this uh, image of one who is like a man, but also like God, conquering the uh, authorities on earth and riding on a chariot uh, into the clouds. And you'd have to get way into Daniel chapter 7, but that's... With all authority and and all dominion and glory and honor being his. And he takes up the seat on the throne next to to Yahweh, next to God. And that's the name that Jesus uses about himself. Mm -hmm. Man, uh, again and again, knowing the the story of Scripture. And then when you see him... I remember growing up reading uh, the Bible, but uh, even hearing the Bible read and Jesus calling himself Son of Man, I didn't understand what that meant. Right. And so it goes to your point, Greg, the more you know the Scriptures yeah. and the more you're familiar with the story, the more you see why, why we say yeah. Jesus is divine. Yeah, and when you get that, as you go through the Scriptures, it's everywhere. Right. It's not like just a few verses that use a name. and It's like the presumption of the Scriptures, the way they're written, the, the way... The, the apostles and the, you know, the um, <clears throat> New Testament writers just even talk about the subject of our faith and who Jesus is. It's, it's, it's all over the place. And so um, it's hard because, you, you know, you've been around for a while. It's like you don't, you don't think of it from this perspective. Like people don't get that or they yeah. question that or this is confusing because it's like, well, no, it's everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a really great point. C.S. Lewis uh, in Mere Christianity just has this incredible statement. Uh, again, thinking through the context and how the story came to be through the people of Israel, instead of all the people on the earth, for a man to show up and claim that he's God, the least likely would have been a Jewish man. And if it was a polytheistic culture, they'd be like, well, sure. I mean, he's a great... T- Look at this guy. I mean, he's healing and teaching. Like, right. Just add him to the mix. Yeah, he's God, whatever. But that was not... They were so strictly monotheistic, so much so that they were didn't even want to utter the name Yahweh, which brings this beauty uh, and this uh, the revel- how it's revealed. It's There are a few places where it says that Jesus is Theos yeah. in the... Where we can say, yeah, that's it. But like... It's happening all over the place when you understand what wasn't allowed to be thought about God, and now we see in the revelation of Christ, which is why they wanted to kill him. When he says, before Abraham was, I am, and they picked up stones, it's like, well, that doesn't literally say, but the I am is Yahweh, and that's why they wanted to kill him, because he was, you know, stepping on holy ground, saying he was equal with God. And right. so they, it's they happening. Say you're, you're a blasphemer is what they yeah. say when he says those words. Yeah. 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 And so, but so even though it doesn't literally say that, it's saying it in a more beautiful yeah. and contextual way. Uh, and it's happening all over, like Greg said. All right. Let's, let's turn a, a bit of a corner here. Uh, because we've stacked hands. We've said Jesus is divine. That is what, what we're saying. That's what we say yeah. the Bible is telling us, right? But not, not all Christians believe that, as we've seen in these surveys. Even other religions like Islam, they hold Jesus as a high figure, as a teacher, but they don't believe that he's divine. Uh, We say that's a central doctrine to our faith. And when we talk about doctrine, one of the ways we do that around here is we talk about uh, closed-handed and open-handed beliefs. So uh, open-handed beliefs are the kind that 
we may hold a position, but that's not going to divide us in Christianity. But we say a closed-handed doctrinal position, like this is central for the way we believe. Would, which uh, way does this doctrine fit? Is it an open-handed or a closed-handed that Jesus is divine? It's close-handed. Yeah, we have no faith if Jesus isn't divine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're saying this is a uh, closed-handed doctrine. Why? And why does it matter that people who are going to have faith in uh, Christianity hold Jesus as divine? Why does it matter for their salvation, for the, their daily lives? Well, it, it's, it's not only essential, it's, it's foundational. Okay. Um, because ultimately, this is going to drive us back to the, the Trinitarian nature of God, uh, which is also essential, um, also close-handed. And so um, the Scriptures fall apart, and, and I mean the New Testament in light of the Old Testament. All of it uh, can't be held together when you take the, the testimony that, that I've kind of, that Greg mentioned, and I'm trying to allude to also, that throughout the Gospels, and then the subsequent writing of the Apostles, um, they are reinterpreting or re-understanding the revelation of Yahweh to Israel in light of Jesus. Um, so much so that passages like Isaiah 45, which talk about Yahweh being God alone, is now seen in light of Jesus in, for instance, Philippians chapter 2, that he, though he was in the form of God and equal with God, he took on the form of a servant and is now the one to whom you know, all, all, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that, that he is Lord, again, which is Yahweh. And so it's really, it, it's this complex beauty, but without holding all that together, um, we're, we're, we're missing who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other part of that is, or at least one other part of it is who... Who could be a worthy substitute for the sin of man? Yeah. Who can be the one who, whose punishment could atone for the sin of mankind? And what, what person could do that? I mean, human beings die for good causes all the time, but it doesn't change eternity, you know? So what, what being, what, you know, what does, what, who do you have to be to be able to do that? And so, man, and just hearing you talk about that, the concept for that comes from the story of the Old Testament. Yeah. When an animal yeah. would die for yeah. sin, but yeah. Jesus is the yeah. Passover lamb that, yeah. man, Hebrews chapter 10, on and on. Okay. Right. Yeah. Or the, John 1, again, you know, that the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeah. The lamb of God is the God who became man. God from God. Okay. Light from light, true God from true God. God sent from God is really what that expression meant in the, the Nicene Creed. All right. So this is not an area where we're, we're going to budge, where right. the foundations yeah. of Christianity aren't going to budge. So what do you say to the person who maybe when they started listening to this podcast, they, they didn't really maybe have a, a firm grasp on this, or they would have said, yeah, maybe Jesus was created, but I didn't understand. Yeah. What do you say to that person? who uh, is, might be listening, about why this is so important for their day-to-day? -day. 
Well, you mentioned Hebrews uh, 10, and I, 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 I go to Hebrews 4 in that, and just the, the, well, uh, the mediatory role of Christ, um, that Christ is God and man in one person. And because of that, we, we have this, the Son of Man, this, this, this human being who is in the heavenly space for us on an ongoing basis, that we can go to God through Jesus because he bridges the gap between heaven and earth, between God right. and humanity, because God became human. I mean, I mean uh, our assurance, our, our confidence in our relationship with God is so clearly seen that God bound himself to humanity by becoming human and then taking on death, being restored to life so that we can have life with him. And that's an ongoing life, which yeah. is really what Peter's talking about here that's in this. That's what I was going to say. Partaking in the divine. It's like, just read what go. Peter says. Yeah, read it. Read it. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Mm. Um, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that through them we may become partakers of divine nature. I mean, first of all, what that says is if we don't know who Christ is, we can't know who we are. We can't. Amen. And so that's a, like, this is why, this is why I live my life the way I live it. This has everything to do with what I do in my kitchen, you know, and then when I'm driving my car down the road, I mean, this is, this is what makes us who we are. Uh, and so, uh, and not just who we are, but the promise here is that who we will be, um, that we'll be, part, you know, to be partaker of God's own uh, nature is like we're, that's holiness, truth, purity, goodness, you know, life. And so, um, again, if, if Christ isn't who he says he is, if who the Bible reveals him to be, then there, there's no reason to follow him. Right? Yeah. But if he is... There's every reason to follow them all the time. So what, I think what I hear you guys saying is that this isn't just like a belief that needs mm. to exist in your head yeah. or like, okay, I, a person might say, sure, I, I can believe in Jesus' divinity, but it actually changes your day-to-day -day because the power of his divinity shows up in your own life. That's exactly That's right. what P yeah. Peter is saying yeah. here, right? That's right. And so it, it changes the way then that you live your life because you have access to the power of Jesus and his spirit to change who you are. Yeah. Yeah, as Jesus tells a parable, like, it's like, hey, the master goes away, and there's two kinds of people. There's two kinds of people who they might know there's a master out there, but it doesn't matter to them, so they're doing their own thing. Uh, or there are people who, who are doing what the master left them to do. They're becoming the, they're living the way the master created them to live or called them to live. So when the master returns, they're blessed because they that's who they are. Uh, and people who don't, you know, are not so blessed. But, but the point is, he's like, this changes what you do because you know the master, mm. you know, he's present. And so there's a trust and it, it works its way through your, your calendar and yeah. everything else. So like verse four, by, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. If those promises aren't from God, 
I mean, that's that's ultimately that's the uh, that's the source that we're seeking, right? Yeah. Is the source of life and goodness and immortality. Ultimately, is what we get through the resurrection. Um, but the, the promises, if they're just from me or you, you know, it's, I mean, what value do they have? I mean, if these are from God's promises that allow us then to partake of the divine nature, then we're we're talking about being in relationship with God, and so th- that's why it, yeah. it does matter. All know? right, so. Go ahead. I was going to point out one other thing in the <clears throat> bottom of that text is like, you know, so that we can partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that in us uh, that's in in the world because of sinful desire. And so, I mean, the other thing you're talking about why we live the way we live. So we're either living to to be a reflection of God's nature or to mm-hmm. grow in that, yeah. or or it's every man for himself. It's what I want versus what you want. Which look at the world around, read the news. You know, it's like this is the corruption that's in the world because everybody's got their own way. Yeah. And um, he says, no, it doesn't have to be like that. You oh, can see, you don't have to live that way. You, okay. you can actually grow up into to a likeness of the one who created you. So let's get really practical for someone who's listening, and they're like, yeah. yeah so I I can believe that Jesus is divine. I need his power because I'm struggling. Yeah. I, I turn again and again and again to this same sin. Or maybe someone would say, like, I struggle with an addiction. To get really practical, how can the divine nature of Jesus that has been shared with us, that helps us escape from the corruption that's in the world because of our sinful desire, how does that show up in that person's life? How can they tap into the divinity of Jesus today? Well, I, I think the beauty of this, we talk about the the story, the, the, I, I think this is harkening back to Genesis chapter one and God creating humanity in his image and likeness. And so like Greg said, this is, this is the point of everything. This was always the point of what it means to be human. And we lost that because of our evil desires and we regained that in Christ. And so um, Christ's uh, divine nature is the revelation of what, of who God is and who man is supposed to be. And so when we follow Jesus, when we, when we read about him in the Gospels, we see his life, we see his compassion, we see his mercy, we see his truthfulness. All of that reshapes our desires. And, and I, I think the, maybe the difference, uh, so the, an area I've grown in is that I would think of uh, a passage like like Romans 12. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and he goes on to say, to, so you can test and prove what the, the good and perfect will of God is. And that's great. That's obviously that's part of it. But I always think, oh, if I just thought differently, if I could just have all the right thoughts, then I would then I would do the right things. And what this adds to that discussion is, is I'm trying to think the right thoughts, but I actually maybe don't love the right things. I, I don't desire the right things because of the evil corruption that is still a part of me. And so Christ's presence and Christ's values and Christ's being with me allows me to to die to those desires that are contrary to, to God's desires, uh, which allows to escape the corruption that's in me and then outside of me so that I can just be who I'm supposed to be, which is to partake in, in God's very way of life. Is that? Yeah, so it sounds like you're saying that... Presence is the, really the... Right, the yeah, presence of yeah. Jesus in your... Not just knowing about him, right? not even just believing the right thing, but actually being with him Yeah, is transformative. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I'd back up a step, not back up, but to that, I would add, he says, you know, he's, he's addressing this letter to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. So he's like, he's right. He says, your, your faith is as, is as 
is equal standing with the apostles. So we're all one. How? By the righteousness of our God. Because God has made a judgment to declare you not guilty through what Jesus did on the cross. He has made you his own. And so in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of all the things you know about yourself, all of that stuff, you can know that God has he's reclaimed you in Christ for his. And uh, yeah, you're, you, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have that craving tomorrow. But uh, Zara was saying, uh, as, you, as you grow, as you let that truth help define who you are, then it changes what you want. It changes who you want to be. And I don't know, I, it's hard to describe how God works in a human heart, you know, mm-hmm. but he does. Yeah. And uh, you look back and, you know, mm. sometime and maybe not a long time or maybe a long time, but you'd be like, man, I used to be that way and I am so different now. Mm. And, you know, I don't know how to describe that. That's good. Okay. That's really good. Um, one more question. How can the the belief in the divinity of Jesus and his very presence with us that is transformative and all the things you're talking about help those who are listening reach their top five or really the people in their lives, neighbors, coworkers, whoever, that are far from Jesus? How how can this belief play out in a way that helps them reach others? Well, I think um, because God is ultimately good and his his own essence, his glory, is his beauty. And so when we, when we become people who share in that divine nature, like Greg talked about, this, this transformative process, this dying to the evil, corrupt ways, we, 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 there's this new attractiveness in us if we really are people that can love and serve and, and show grace to people. And it's not because they come, it doesn't come from us. Right. It all comes from the divine nature that is that we're sharing in. And so as people see that difference in us, that is a God's presence in us difference, it I think it opens doors. I mean I think there's there's words to be shared, there's you know, meals to be brought, there's all those things that then open the door for those conversations to allow people to understand uh the the gospel truths of uh God's redemptive goodness yeah. in Jesus. You got yeah, well <laughs> it's a convicting question, you know, because I think of all the ways. Uh, I think it changes the way we see other people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if because it it helps us see them through uh, the eyes of the one who sees us through what he did for us at the cross, and so now my neighbor is not my competitor. He doesn't have to be my enemy. You know, he might be annoying or whatever, <laughs> but he's but he's uh, he's precious. You know, he's one of God's own and. And now, because I, I, I have this growing sense into me of the value that he has before God, and I share that, then, you know, I love and serve all the things that we, we talk about all the time. I mean, should be a natural part of the way I live my life. And so, yep. I say it's convicting because, you know, we can all grow in that. That's right. That's right. Well, we all are. I mean, when I, th- when I think about happening? this in that context... I, the anchor in Genesis 1 of how humanity was supposed to be, mm. to reflect God and his goodness out to creation and into the world to be unlike anything else, and that was broken. It's like there's this just chain or a thread that is anchored again right here at the beginning of Second Peter, yeah. that like this is how it's supposed to be. We're actually supposed to be so changed by who God is and have his presence in us that we reflect him out to the world. Yeah. We see the world like he sees, and we're out to change the world like he... Yeah. 
with his power. It's he's the one that brings change. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's why the story matters. That's it, right? Yeah. It's not just a list of verses where you find a belief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, the one word we haven't talked about in these verses is uh, Peter keeps talking about the knowledge of Jesus. You know, so like knowledge as in the way a a, a loving husband and wife know each other. Like there's intimacy and there's truth and there's vulnerability and there's dependence. And so this is a very experiential kind of like I'm, I'm walking with them. Not, you know, I didn't read a bunch of stuff and stop there. It's like this is this is what I'm doing and who I am becoming. There's a very participatory right. kind of thing. And so, uh, but that's that matters so much because you uh, you can't know God if you don't follow him. You know, it's all bound up together. So you can think of a lot of things and know nothing about God, or you can, and but until you walk in the shoes, then you, the more you walk, the more you know. It's kind of a, it works that way. So uh, you really just have to, it comes to faith, right? You have to follow, see yep. what he does. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything. I, I just, I thought about John 10 when you're, when you're talking about that, just that just Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the fullness. And I mean, so when we talk about participating in the divine nature, I mean, that is the life that we really want. I mean, that's what, whenever there's things that we're running after in the wrong way, it's, it's we're still craving life and it, it's found in Christ and he, he's offering it to us, but it is found in participating in his very way. Yeah, so good. All right, so um, for, for anybody who might experience that gap, between like when when they entered this conversation listening to us maybe would have found themselves in some of those statistics we shared earlier but now they they're convinced okay belief in Jesus as divine is crucial for my faith it's foundational but also should change me uh, last little bit of encouragement how do you uh, how do you help them bridge the gap between what they thought they believed and how they can live it out what, what what's an what's an easy next step well i would say is couple of next steps. First thing I'm do is get connected in the community of faith. Yeah. I mean, build relations with people who, who are walking in the same direction, you know, who maybe a, can help help you go where you can't go by yourself. Uh which is how and then and then part of that is really do invest yourself and understand just who does God say he is and we are through the pages of his scripture. What is the story of redemption? What has what has God done and what is he doing in the world? And and where do I fit in that? Because we do. And so those would be my first two. I mean, yeah, that, that's fantastic. I think, I mean, I think when you join the community of faith or when you begin actually participating in it, I mean, one of the, when we gather, um, and we gather as a, you know, a congregation on Sundays, and then we gather in smaller groups throughout the week, but we're, we're worshiping. And so Jesus is a part of it. And that's, again, that's part of that complexity of the New Testament, that he is allowed to receive worship and he wouldn't be allowed to receive worship if he wasn't divine. And yeah. so we are, and and within that prayer, you know, the, I mean, the confidence that your prayers through Jesus are, and in the power of the Spirit, are, are you, know, you have access to God. And so living that out and living that out in a community, uh, both uh, worshiping with other believers on Sunday and then, and then living with people. Um, and then, like Greg said, by knowing God, we're going to know ourselves better, so... And you know, the only other thing I say as I think about that is, um, is don't be discouraged uh, when when we fail you, 
right? Because we're becoming, we're not perfect. And so yeah. you walk in community, part of that is we're all, we're, we all need God's grace. And so, um, so our hope is in what Christ has done, not in how good I can do everything. Right. So you can watch me do everything right. Because, yeah. you know, so don't be discouraged when the reality hits that we all still struggle. And, uh, we, we obviously need to grow. We're called to holiness and all that stuff. And yet, uh, it's good to know, you know, that, that God is at work in us. And when we fall, we're not alone and all that stuff. But, but if we, if we, cause I see people come to faith and they come to church and they look around, it's like, well, these people are all screwed up. Well, right. yeah. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> we are. are. Yes, yeah. we are. That's you know, right. so, yeah. so don't be discouraged by that. Cause it's not about us. Yeah. It's about, it's about this Jesus we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So. I, I sometimes have to remind myself to think about my faith, to also think about my faith in terms of like 10 years from now, mm. in that I, I'm not going to instantly be like Jesus, but 10 years from now, I hope I'm a lot more like Jesus than I am today. And so just maybe a last little bit of encouragement. You, you won't know the whole story of God yeah. overnight, yeah. slow and steady, and, yeah. and then some, sometime in the future, like you said earlier, you look back and you say, man... God has been good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having a conversation about all this, guys. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks Lance. Lance. Glad to be here. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks.